0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Great Work Podcast. My name is Amanda Peterson, your host, and today we are talking to Melinda Strauss from TikTok. I am so excited to have her on this episode, but before we get into the interview, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, rate me five stars if you think I deserve it, and share with a friend if you are so inclined. Really quick, before the episode, I just wanted to say again how grateful i am to have met melinda um i have been watching her for really i think since she started making tiktoks i love her content i think we have this in common i love learning about religion um religious studies was my major in college so I love it and I she I think loves that as well she has such a cool and interesting history and she's so open and like shares everything on TikTok it's so amazing to me that I've watched her for years and then she wanted to come on my podcast I'm kind of like why do you want to talk to me you know um but I think we talk a lot in-depth about kind of anti-Semitism in comments on social media, her family's unique history with the conflict in Israel and Palestine. Um, I kind of dispels the propaganda that it's this like there was just peace and happiness prior to 1948. That's not really true. And we talk about that and just talking about um, anti-Semitism or just like there's this weird thing i see now like christians almost like obsessing over judaism in a weird way like i don't i don't know the right word to it but like practicing jewish tradition in a weird way i don't know that was i I thought our conversation about that towards the end of the episode was really interesting to me i don't know i don't see anyone talk about that so thank you all so much. Um, and I hope you love this episode. But without further ado, let's All right. Welcome to the Great Work Podcast. This is Melinda Strauss from TikTok. I'm sure all of you know who she is.
1: Um, thank you for coming on. It's an honor to be here, Amanda. I I mean, I think everything you post is amazing. You know, I reach out to you all the time about it and just I'm so, such a supporter of what you do. And I know that so many other pe- Jewish people really feel supported by watching your videos as well
0: thank you that's so sweet it's kind of funny how it started i just i saw a tweet on october probably 2 a.m october 7th our time and someone said like it it was like a joking tweet it was like liberal white girls make sure you turn off twitter now because you're not going to like to see what israel's about to do um in response to the attacks and i was like mm-hmm. oh god we all know like we all know mm-hmm. anything, right like the attacks has been going on for three hours at this point and people are already concerned about like we already knew that the protests were coming and i've been shocked with how bad they are
1: yeah but this happens every time right yeah i'm, I'm actually not surprised at all oh. <laughs> I, I know you know as, as a jewish person i have been religious my whole life but on social media i've been sharing about judaism on tiktok specifically for over three years now and gosh is it almost four could it be almost four years wow. i i'm mean, gonna have to go look i i no, whatever i'm speechless even thinking about that but and longer than that i've been sharing as a blogger since 2011 so i've always seen the anti-semitism i used to think oh it's not so bad but then i realized it was just because i had such a small following the more you grow the worse the hate gets um and it's gotten so bad but back in 2011 2011 back in 2021 there were uh, my niece was actually in israel when there were rockets that were being fired in from hamas and and all of that and i saw it then too it wasn't this bad Um, but my niece was there and she spent a lot of time in bunkers um it was during you know COVID time and i experienced a lot of it then this is just so much worse but also what's happening is so much worse so the response it like equals in their in their way in their hypocrisy the response like levels up to what's actually happening in the middle east it's it also it brings me back even further in 2020 when we watched everything going on with covid and with the elections and everything that was happening that people just they they fight for things they don't really understand and they fight hard my family's from Seattle and watching everything that was happening in Seattle during that time. This isn't surprising. It's the same people. It, that's the biggest thing. It's the same people and none of them know
0: what they're talking about. And they use these words that they don't know what they mean. And so for me, it's like, OK, I can tell you what apartheid means because... Mm-hmm. If you want to have a conversation about apartheid, fine. But you're not even using it correctly. So we need to like make sure we even know the definition. And it's like, it's so hard on social media. One of the first like questions I wanted to ask you is like, anti-Semitism in general, especially in your comments. The most annoying comments that I see on your page because I watch all of your videos. The you'll I love my favorite videos you make are the what you make for Shabbos each week, and when I scroll through your page on that I'm sorry when I scroll through your page for your what you make for Shabbos all of your there are a bunch of comments that are just like free Palestine yeah and it's, always it's, and that's it's, like you live in America you, you what you're making for your family for Shabbos has nothing to do with what's going on over there to me that's one of the reasons Like, that's one of the most annoying things of anti-Semitism I see as a non-Jew. It's just like, like you have anything to do with what's going on
1: in Gaza right now. You know what I mean? But I would say that every Jewish creator does get that, right? They get the free Palestines and more now more than ever. But even before, it was always like. Here we go with the Holocaust jokes, because those I the amount of screenshots I have on my phone of people making Holocaust jokes. And, you know, the six million um, wasn't enough. And and like Hitler was right and all these things that they say that have not it's not even just about Israel. It's about Jews in general. They use Israel as an excuse. Now, I am very openly a Zionist. In, and by Zionist, I mean that a Jewish person or any person who believes that the Jewish people have the right To self-determination in the land of Israel. Nothing political, nothing more, nothing less. That is really what Zionism at its core is. And most Jews in the world are that. And I would say political Zionism is like a whole nother thing. And unfortunately, they make everything about political Zionism instead of what it really is. But they just use that as an excuse for all of their hate. So again, the Holocaust jokes. Like, where does that come from? Right. All of these different things that they do, it's just an excuse. And and they just, a lot of them will say, oh, I was just playing around, just making a joke. I'm like, it's, it's not funny. Right. No, because I'm openly a supporter of Israel. I, when I, I won't even say to people, like, why are you coming after me? I'm a Jew. Like, they know I'm so open about my support of Israel that, okay, if you come to my videos and you say, uh, Free Palestine on my one I made for Shabbos video. I just i don't even block or deal with these people i just leave them alone because they're they're just wasting their time and they're boosting my algorithm so hey right. cool uh which like still even on a video where i said that i'm making donations based on my video views to israel I'm making donations that they're still commenting i'm like are you listening but <laughs> it doesn't surprise me when they do it it's just kind of par for the course it's one of the things that I know TikTok, and all this is all social media. It's not just a TikTok thing. It's Instagram, it's YouTube, it's It's all of them. When people come after TikTok specifically, and I'm like, you know, you should get off of TikTok because they're anti-Semitic. I'm like, all of these apps don't protect Jewish people. And I've heard from Muslims that these apps don't protect them either. I don't think that it's a Jewish thing. I think it's a religion thing that religious people, I know a lot of Christians will complain about it as well, that they don't feel protected from the hate that happens on social media and it happens a lot i have a lot of friends who are christian through tiktok who deal constantly with people who are just hating on them for their religion like it's it's a big issue hopefully it gets taken care of at some point or it won't um but we will keep sharing no matter what because we're not going to let that stop us from like being able to share the beauty of religion in all the different ways that we do yeah
0: it's it's interesting seeing the hate um the, the different types of hate for different religions. Mm-hmm. Because for me, what I see being, I'm Christian, I talk about being Christian, and what I will normally see is people saying like, well, you're violating what your Bible says and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's always from people like, I don't know where I feel like the biggest lie comes from this thing like Christians aren't allowed to judge the new testament Mm -hmm. says to judge like if people don't act in accordance with the church and they belong to the church we are supposed to tell them to stop. And if they don't stop, we're supposed to distance ourselves from left right. That's what the Bible teaches. Um, But for Jews, it's completely different. It's just like, I feel like they don't ever invoke the Old Testament or the Torah or any Jewish law when they're commenting on your stuff. It's just like, well, you're a Jew. And that's so gross to me.
1: Yeah, well, there are people who definitely nowadays have been saying, well, the Torah says you're not supposed to kill people and you're not supposed to like support that, right? Because their version of what's happening in the Middle East right now is so convoluted that they, well, that's this isn't what the Torah teaches. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing with me. And, and they'll come up with, a, a lot of times they actually will say things from the New Testament where I'm like, "I, I I'm a Jewish person. We don't even follow the New Testament. Right. But those I especially ignore because I just feel like people who are quoting the Torah in those ways, have no idea what they're talking about. I was just having this conversation with a a Christian friend of mine who has been like really getting in depth into um, the Old Testament, the New Testament. and, And I was saying to her that like, when we as Jewish people study the Torah, the Tanakh, we don't just take it at face value. We don't just read the words and save quotes and put them on our walls. It's, and I have quotes everywhere from all different kinds of things, but with the Torah, everything has interpretation. There's like 500 rabbis who interpret every word of the Torah because we believe that every word has a purpose (laughs) and every letter has a purpose. When a letter is backwards or forwards or off in one way, there's a reason for it. And then we spend months and months and years and years trying to figure out why that is. So we don't ever just read the Torah at face value, which is why we also never quote the Torah at face value. Right. Yeah. It's just it's a weird...
0: It's a weird thing because I guess the point I keep seeing and I so Jess who I had on my podcast a few weeks ago is British and Jewish and she I wish I had not stopped recording but she was saying like it's just so crazy because I'm not a religious person but I'm visibly Jewish and she felt an instance where she was targeted in her place of work with someone coming in staring at her um, saying like is this person here just because she works in a, a more Muslim area, I guess? And obviously, I'm not saying that all Muslims are are doing this, but she, felt hard, she feels scared being visibly Jewish, having Hebrew tattooed on her wrist, wearing a Star of David. She tucks it in her shirt, but she still feels like it's not going to save me. And she's not like that part, I think, is the hardest part for Christians to understand because they come at us trying almost i i don't know i guess we could like hide being christian we're not it's not an ethnicity at the end of the day and and even if jewish people are not religious they still get the same hate and it's it's like really scary to me and i really yeah. commend you making the videos that you do because I think it gives power to other people
1: who are scared to see you be like open, proudly Jewish. Um, yeah, it's one of the reasons that I share so much and so often because I share like I mean, I used to share like eight videos a day and now it's down to more like three to four a day. And even then I have more than I want to share. But like the algorithms just being a pain. So I, I save them and do a little bit at a time. But I share so much because I have a rule that if I'm thinking something, other people are thinking it too. And a lot of times people are thinking things alone and they just think that I'm the only one who thinks it. I'm so frustrated. Why does nobody else think the way that I do? So I share, well, I share for myself because it's so nice to get it all off my chest, but I share because I want other people to know that how they feel is how other people feel too, especially in the Jewish world where it's like you said, like people who are not religious, people are religious. If you're Jewish and you even a little bit look Jewish, then there's a possibility of things happening and we don't live our life in fear. We really try not to. It's, it makes me sad when someone feels that they have to hide the star. But I also, or I'm wearing like the map of Israel. I, I get why someone would not when they're surrounded by, by anyone who they think might see it and come after them for it. And it's, it's the reason that I say anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. Because they're not being separated. And I do think that there are people who are anti-Israeli government. A lot of people who think they're anti-Zionist because they're being told what zionism means but it's not what it actually means there are people who are anti-government but can still believe in the state of israel can still believe the jewish people can have a homeland they can still believe in peace they can still believe in a two-state solution if that's ever a possibility that israel wants it the jewish people want it let's get both sides to want it at the same time but if you're saying you're anti-zionist but then you're coming after jews who are living in new york who are living anywhere outside of israel and also considering that there are Muslims and Christians who live in Israel, right? There's like what two million Muslims that live in Israel that are citizens that are th- they're part of the Knesset, they're they're, um, they're they volunteer in the IDS. What about them? They're Zionists too, right? It's like they're just forgotten, which is why anti—it's just all anti-Semitism, and people have a hard time hearing that because you know they don't want to be told that they're full of hate, but it's what they are, and it's 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 a Crappy thing to hear the truth about yourself, but it's also the truth and I'll never stop saying it, even if it makes people feel offended.
0: Well, and like when you look at the history, anti-Semitism, that word comes from basically, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, they wanted to, there was a rise in anti-Jewishness and it sounded bad to say, well, we're against Jews. Um, So they said, well, we're we're anti-Semitic and it's different. Mm, And Mm. now you see the same thing where it's like, well, we're not against Jews, we're against Zionists. And
1: it's the same thing. And That's what the Hamas charter did, right? The Hamas charter changed because, you know, they love to change things all the time. Uh, They change history as well. But they literally changed their charter and turned the original charter, which says Jew, everywhere, into Zionist. How do do people fall for it? Like, it's one of the things I think at the core of what drives most of us crazy is the the way that they're just believing everything they're being told every like there's no words and yet everything that happens with Israel or the Jewish people demanding proof we need i need to see all the proof i'm demanding proof for you every day it's you tell me where you have this information i'm like and yet hamas or or the ministry of health whatever puts together numbers and and We wish nobody was dying. I don't want anybody dying in Gaza, in the West Bank, in Israel. No one. This is war and it sucks. But the numbers coming out, like 500 people in a hospital explosion that never actually was a hospital explosion. But 500 people, you knew that within minutes of the explosion? Well, maybe it's... Human Rights
0: Watch came out finally and said, no, that was a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket. But that's the annoying thing. And I feel like this happens every single war. Over the first week, the reporters forget that they're dealing with terrorist organizations. And so they start to report whatever the terroristic organizations say are true. And they always say it at night during U.S. prime time. And then the next day when it's laid out, they realize, oh, the hospital is still standing. Um, I guess Israel didn't bomb the hospital. And then they walk it back slowly and they don't really fully walk it back. And then yeah. people have already disseminated this Propaganda, and these lies to millions of people, and people are still in my comments saying, "Well, then, why did Israel bomb the hospital?" Well, yeah, all the time, all the time. Israel has not bombed one single hospital. Mm-hmm.
1: I, they could once they evacuate them, but they haven't yet. So, and yet Hamas has actually sent rockets and hit hospitals in Israel. But nobody cares about that, which is why we know. It's like so clear when you see people. This is something that I, that hit me a while ago, because people are constantly in every video saying, what about? Right. The what about isms? Like, how can you be talking about the hostages being returned when all these people in, in Gaza are being killed? All the what abouts, right? Like, you can have both at the same time. You could feel two things. But what I've realized is that I can feel two things, but they won't. So if, when they say what about them what they really mean is i don't care about jews they want me to care about both sides but they refuse to care about both sides right They stopped apologizing i do care about both sides and i'm not going to say it in every video because they want me to they want every video to just be like and i'm not a news source you are a news source you're an amazing news source and and you do you explain things so well every time i see your videos i'm like great i'm gonna learn something new today well thank you You know, I don't I don't do that. I do share things that are happening, but I'm not a news source and I don't want to be. And I, I even feel
0: weird saying that I'm a news source because I there was one day that I tried to like really like cover things as it was happening. And it's an active war zone. And I got some things wrong and I like. Or I th- yeah. think I could have like at first. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just I'm just going to explain like when I get a comment, I'm just going to explain. But then the problem is when I reply to comments, I get reported for harassment and blame. Yeah.
1: yeah, <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so fun. I but love you do it. share even if you're waiting and taking, you're doing what I think is the right thing. You're not just coming out and saying, this just happened. You're you're waiting until the information is available and then you're explaining and you're sharing. You know, the people who want to learn are gonna learn and the people who have already made up their minds who no matter how many times you read an article saying that the hospital was not actually in an explosion, it was the the uh, parking lot or that it was um the you know, jihad or whatever it is, they don't care because they've already decided what they want to decide. So you're not speaking to those people. I'm not speaking to those people. We're speaking to the people who do want to learn. And there's a lot of people they're quiet, but they're learning and they're listening, and they are a majority. Right? Bullies are always the smallest group with the loudest because they just need to feel important and heard and like they're doing something. And that's what these protesters are. When you're going to a synagogue in in from where I'm from, from Washington State, from one of the oldest synagogues in the area, Herzl, and you are destroying it and writing free Gaza on all these things on a synagogue in Washington State, you are doing nothing to help anyone you are doing nothing to free Palestinians and what like when I send, my, I, I made a video actually I made a video making cookies right to raise money for something in Israel not even thinking twice about how anybody could ever have a problem with that right. and the comments on that video the anger and the the anger from people why am I sending my money to Israel and not Gaza like first of all ha- any money that goes into Gaza you've seen it at this point the the Hamas just takes it all Billions and billions of dollars. Their leaders are worth billions each. And yet there's no help coming to the people. I want those people free. I want Hamas gone so that they can be free because Gaza used to be beautiful. When Israel pulled out, it was beautiful. And there's still beaches and things, but they're just not treated right. Why does Gaza not have um, have bomb shelters? People get mad at me. I remember in 2021 when I shared my niece in a shelter, in a bomb shelter. And the comments were, well, they don't have those in Gaza. And my response was, but they should, but they should. And yet their leadership refuses to protect their people, where Israel takes their time and money and puts it into these shelters. My parents have an apartment in Israel. Their, every apartment has a like one room. That it's the bomb shelter every everywhere you go. Actually, I actually was just talking about with friends that like, I don't even know if I'm just walking around Jerusalem, like where to go. <laughs> There's I'm like, I would just walk into the nearest store and be like, Where's your shelter? But that's something that should be in Gaza and the West Bank. That's not on Israel to build bomb shelters when Gaza and the West Bank have leadership, very clear leadership. Also, Gaza
0: wouldn't need bomb shelters if they did not bomb Israel first. That's true. That <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's the other thing I don't understand. Like, yeah. um, it's almost like it's not funny, but it's almost funny to me how the people like the Hamas, it, it's just like, it's like they need air, they need water, they need food, and they need to launch these bombs. And they know most of them won't hit targets. They know 30% of them are going to hit in Gaza, but they're still going to launch these bombs. It's not funny, but I have a... F- follower who's in israel right now and it was they it was in the first week of the war and someone was like well they're they're running out of fuel and food and i was like but they haven't stopped launching rockets and my the follower was like they're never gonna run out of rockets no, it, no. it's not funny but it's kind of like the, like their priorities are so clear i don't understand why people can't see that or they just choose not to i
1: i could tell you why because i have a theory on it i i think it's not just my theory but It's, you know, people love a victim, right, especially in the United States. Like we are obsessed with victimhood and not just on a global scale, but individually. Everybody wants to blame somebody else because if you can blame somebody else, then there's no responsibility on yourself. There's no accountability. It's a big thing right now. So what you see are people who everything is about blame, right? The only reason that Hamas does the things they do is because 75 years of oppression, Right. They talk about the Nakba, which, interestingly enough, is not even like, yes, the, if, what happened happened. It wasn't called the Nakba back then. Right. That's a, a newer name. But what happened truly happened. The reason it happened is because their leadership, what was it, five different countries, attacked Israel at the same time because they didn't like this two state solution. It was like, OK, well, you guys can have it. Oh, no, wait, we're just kidding. We're going to take it from you. And just like every other time in history. With a tiny army, because in the sense of th- how much is there, even though we have a very strong army now, but we win. The Jewish people continue to thrive and win. Every story in history has been just like this. Now, when you don't learn history, you don't learn how to learn from history. Right. Right. So they just keep on attacking. Like, what other countries in the world? And actually, if you know, because I don't have the answer to this, are there any other countries in the world where, where one side lost the war? And just continues to attack because they still want their land back. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I
0: mean, there's rebel groups, but they're not as mm-hmm. well funded as um, as these groups. I don't know. I mean, and then even if you look at like other historically oppressed, I would argue the Kurds in Turkey and Iraq are way more oppressed than the Palestinians are. Of course.
1: Um, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, we look at what's happening. I'm going to just talk about it. We'll see if we can share this later. <laughs> but like what's happening in China. We have Uyghur Muslims. And I actually one time tried making a video about it and it was muted, which was really, really frustrating because people ask, why don't you talk about things? I'm like, because it gets muted. But nobody is shutting down the Brooklyn Bridge for Uyghur Muslims in China. And there's millions. Yeah. Like what? that. there's an actual Holocaust happening. And nobody cares. And people care, but not, not the people shutting down the Brooklyn Bridge for Palestine. And, and there's a million different lists of all of them. But that to me always sticks out because they're, you know, you're fighting for Muslims. So there's Muslims who are having like an actual Holocaust happening and they don't care. And to say, oh, they don't know, there's no excuse. These are adults like I hold adults accountable. I don't I, I've I been through times where I've felt like maybe they just don't know It's what they're told. Well, they're taught Zionism means this, even though it's not what it means. These are adults. Like if you get your information from a, a phone, go do your research afterwards. Anything you learn from Amanda, anything you learn from me, anything my father shares, go online and look it up afterwards. Don't take out when Gigi Hadid shares something, please don't take it. And it's where she even admitted recently, like, oh, I just didn't do my research. Like, then why did you share it? Why do you share a blood libel without doing research first to make sure that that Jewish people and Israelis are not skinning people or taking their organs? I know it's frustrating <laughs> to say at least it all is very frustrating and it's why when I share I know who I'm sharing for I know the comments that are coming my way I ignore them I block them if I have the opportunity to because some people just like harass over and over and over again I don't need stalkers in my life um only the good kind of stalkers not the bad ones you know mm-hmm. but it's it's knowing who you're talking to and not letting the people who are trying to bully you stop you from continuing. because Most of the time, these bullies, they just want to feel special. They want to feel big. So they put people down to make themselves feel bigger. That must be what it is. Yeah. So
0: I have two other ways I want to go with this, but you just read up your dad. So I want to talk about your family's history, because I know that you have some interesting family history, which kind of goes against the narrative. (laughs) Everything was so peaceful and calm during the Ottoman Empire. I always like to bring up, you know, the genocides of the... Assyrians, Greeks, and Armenians. That happened under the Ottoman Empire. Um, but also your family lived in the Palestinian Mandate. I believe your grandma was born there. And yeah, my soft. Yeah,
1: they had to flee, right? They did. So it's actually interesting. My family came to and I only learned about this fairly recently. Um, one of my cousins wrote a really great article about it. I think I sent it to you, right? About um, when my family came to to. British Mandate Palestine and they came in the early 1900s and they helped build a community and that community ended up literally being burned to the ground and they've had to flee and they fled to Tel Aviv or they came in through old Jaffa um, that whole area like sometimes I even get confused by the geography of it but they ended up rebuilding a little farther out where it was safer because really before Tel Aviv was was sand yeah Nobody was living there. People who were like, well, they took the land. Nobody took anything. Nobody was living in Tel Aviv. So my family helped with building the communities in Tel Aviv. And my grandmother and her brother were both born in British Mandate Palestine. My softa was born in 1924. And my her father actually went to California before. He went when, um, when my great grandmother was pregnant. Because what did he do? He went to build a life there and be able to make enough money to bring them along and i believe i don't remember when he went i guess he must have gone in like 1923 or somewhere in that range and he was able a few years later to send tickets for a boat going to california and they left so my grandmother i believe was four years old when they fled because there was so much up there were there were uprisings and there was so much danger there and they weren't safe their community was burned to the ground and then it was burned to the ground again so it's like it kept happening and yet people pretend like everything was so peaceful and i'm like where are you getting your information from the arabs and the jews did not live peacefully and when people say well palestine let in the jews during the holocaust not only was was it a massive fight because they didn't they at one point were not letting them in but to say it was palestinians it, it doesn't make any sense it was people who lived in palestine british mandate palestine but british mandate palestine wasn't Arabs. It was everybody who lived there. The soccer team had had the um, Star of David on it. Yeah. The coin had Eretz Israel. It wasn't the Palestine that people think of when they think, oh, Palestine, like this argument that I've been I have a video to share soon about, you know, Jesus being born in, in pa- Palestine. Oh, Jesus was Palestinian. Like because he was he was born in, in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem, which if you look at a map today, I believe where is it, the West Bank, like what area is it in? But he was born in Judea. Like people have trouble thinking past the 1900s history wise. And there's so much, so much that happened before then. And they just refuse to believe any of it's true. Anything before 19, right, 1948 never happened. <laughs> it's all just a made up thing. It's kind of weird because it's so selective with
0: the history. Yes, modern day Bethlehem is Bethlehem. Is a modern day city in the West Bank. Yes. But the religious sites where Jesus was born, they they built churches on top of them now, but they're all there just like how the religious sites where Jesus was crucified are in Jerusalem.
1: Yeah. I went. Dude, I tell you know, that. No, I went. I was there this summer and I've never in my life. Like, I don't. I've been learning a lot more about Christian history because of TikTok. The same way I teach Jewish history in my Jewish life, I love learning about other religions. And I have learned a lot about Muslim history also and how all that got started. And when I was in Israel, I went on this trip and I went with two Christian influencers. Oh, great. So we did the whole, the walk, or what is it called? The um, Via Dolorosa? Okay, yeah. Walk. And then we ended at the church, the Holy Sepulcher. Mm-hmm. That's where, I can't believe I remember that. I'm, I impressed myself. Uh, where where Jesus was crucified and buried. And it was, it was, it was very, it was intense. I mean, it's like to see the people who were coming, like I wasn't going there to pray and I usually don't go to churches, but I felt very strongly that for the sake of history and knowledge and understanding, I wanted to be there. It was definitely intense, like with everybody who's, you know, praying where he was um, crucified and everything, but sorry, I interrupted you. I just wanted to share with you that I, that I went and it was like, Whoa. Yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, when I was in Israel, it was a political trip. So I
0: went to the Western Wall and we prayed there, all of us. Um, We had Muslims on my trip, Jews on my trip, Christians on my trip. Um, We all prayed there. We weren't allowed to go up onto Al-Aqsa because it was right after the Obama administration abstained from that U.N. resolution. So they were worried that on our trip there was going to be we went like maybe four days after that happened. So we were wow they were worried there might be violence that would break out over something that would have benefited the Palestinians. But no one talks about that. Um, and so we didn't get to go up there. And then we went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. So I, I didn't get to spend that much time there. And it's weird as a Christian going there because I grew up um, Protestant. And then after visiting there, I want to convert to Catholicism and I put it off. Um, but it's weird because it's a Greek Orthodox church. So being in the site of like jesus which is obviously every christian's like savior it feels like unrecognizable to me because it's all greek orthodox iconography which just doesn't like it's kind of a weird thing and it's cool to see but it just it was like interesting and then also when you hear about that point you think it's like going to be a, a hill like a hillside because that's where it happened and no yeah. they built a church on top of it so it's it's kind of interesting but i the point i was like with all of this, it's like all of yes, Bethlehem, that those historical sites exist, just like they exist in Jerusalem, just like the Temple Mount, which is the holiest site in Judaism, which is yeah. like we they when we were there, they drove us past a cemetery. They said that's the oldest cemetery in the world, it's a Jewish cemetery. Um so the Jews were there. So you recognize that Jesus was in Bethlehem and that is in modern day Palestine. But you won't recognize the Jewish historical sites, which do give Jews a tie to the land. This not even David, We've, like you, like that. that's a big, significant place to you. That was super yeah. my favorite thing. One of my favorite things we did on the trip. That's there. Masada's there. All of these historical sites, but they only want to point to the one that they think proves their point and doesn't. And I just think yeah, that's so weird. Have
1: you seen that image? There's an image that has gone around with Aloxa with the mosque, and it shows there's like lines around, it and it shows like the year that it was built, and then the year that with the t- like it was built on top of the temple so like you keep wanting to say oh i was here first which none of that really matters anyways but that's the argument they want to continue making and yet you built a mosque on top which is their third holiest site on top of our holiest site and we're not even allowed to go there it's it's to me it's always crazy like we walked by it on that trip i was on and like you could hear people praying and just like there's a pull you want to be there as a jewish person and, and mind you, I actually feel very strongly that for right now, like it's not where we need to be right now. We don't have that temple. And until the Messiah comes in Judaism, the way we believe is until there's a Messiah, there's no third holy temple. So there is, and maybe that's the reason it's there. Like I was trying to think of like the purposes and everything. But it, there is something so frustrating when you see it and you go, that's our holiest site. And your third holiest site. And yet we are not allowed to go near there. There was one opportunity I had many years ago to possibly go. And they basically said, you have to take off anything Jewish related, like basically any start. And I was like, if that's what you're telling me, I'm allowed to go there. I'm not going there. Yeah, I refuse. Like I would not to have to hide being Jewish in order to go. I'd rather not go until it's time. So I'll go when, when the temple is built and it'll be amazing and Messiah will come. And it'll be incredible. But until then, I just felt like for me to have to go but hide who I am in order to be there, in order to be safe, to have like a whole team buzz around you to keep you safe, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So things like that, you just kind of put your hands up to more. But yeah, it's it's that it, the history there. Every step you take in Jerusalem, if you dig down, Every every like parking lot, when you dig right across from Eardomi, the city of David, they're like, oh, we're gonna dig right there's a parking lot. Let's dig. They ended up finding layers and layers, the Romans, the Greeks, like all these different layers of history. They're still digging. They found the pool that everyone, including Jesus, dipped into before walking up to the temple during the holidays. I've done the walk. The, oh it's such a, like you you it's so powerful when you walk it's when you would walk up in front you would go in the pool and you would walk up um up to the holy temple and it just like there would be shops along the way and they have all of it dug up where you could they have ashes from when everything was burned because ashes don't just like they don't disintegrate they stay there and it's so powerful but all that history it's like nothing to them
0: it, well, the only history that matters is the one that confirms their side. And really, if you look at the facts holistically, it nothing mm-hmm. confirms their side, which is why they don't look at them holistically. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's a there was a video I wanted to share and I just felt like it was a little too controversial. So I did it. Um, <laughs> I've been sharing and I actually deleted it so I wouldn't be tempted to share it. But, you know, people are always arguing about who was there first. Right. Because then they'll say, well, we come from the Canaanites, even though there's literally no proof of it. Um But or even saying like, okay so maybe Jews and Palestinians, everybody, maybe everybody comes from the Canaanites. But there's it doesn't matter. And this is the hard part to say, because this is a part of I hate the word colonization because it's not what this is. No. But at the end of the day, this is why I asked you before, like what other countries still have have people who were living there at some point still fighting and and killing and, and attacking constantly in order to get their land back or doing what all this stuff is now? But in 1948, there was a war. It was a very big one. And the Jewish people won that war and they won their land back. However long, whoever was there first, none of that mattered because there was a war and it was brutal and was horrible and way too many people died. But the Jewish people won their land. And that's the facts. 1948 the jewish people won their land and they have been there ever since and ever since there have been so many attacks from the same people who keep saying well we want it back we want it back and every time they keep on losing and too many people die in the process every single time they won and it's like i sometimes think about america and it's like uh, it's a weird thing because i think that the the indigenous people the native americans are at least i'm from washington state they're treated really well and have their land and and where i go fishing in canada they have like so much respect for the indigenous people. And, and I look at that and I go, this is how it could be. The way it happened back when everything started in America, it wasn't pretty. No, it was awful. But we are here now in a different time with different people where we can have peace and we can say you live here and I live here and we can live side by side and respect each other. But for some reason in Israel, that's not a possibility because the side that lost the war continues to brutally kill murder, maim. I don't know, can we say all words great, like everybody says on TikTok? Say all the things, <laughs> all the things that keep on happening, the constant um, you know, breaking of ceasefires, all of these things, and then continuing to lose and lose land. Like what's happening to Gaza right now? Oh, Gaza's losing its land again. Israel flag, Israel flag, Israel flag. And I watch and I get chills, and not in a good way, but in a in just like a backwards way of going, wow. History is repeating itself in that they attacked and they're losing their land again. And they're going to complain, well, where we don't have Gaza. You had Gaza. Israel pulled out all the people who lived in Gaza, the Jews pulled out, even though they didn't want to. They pulled out of their homes. It was in 2000, was it 2005, 2007? It was, I could, and, and you had it. And yet, you are now losing it
0: again. again. But they don't care. Well, it's like, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing because on two fronts, on one, I just think that the unfortunate truth is they are bred to hate so much there that they it's like a noble thing to fight the fight, even if you're going to lose because you're going to martyr yourself. And that's a noble thing. And that's so chilling to me that, for instance, the United Nations knows that that education exists in schools and doesn't shut them down. We fund that in schools. We're funding these people to go get themselves killed. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're wondering why kids are on the street, Anger Tap, if you follow him, just was talking about this a video of people of the idea of shooting these kids in Janine in the West Bank. The kids, I mean, it's an active war zone, right? Mm-hmm. People are told to stay home. It's an active war zone. Like, this is a combat zone right now. The kids are, they're like maybe 16 or something like that, 14. Oh, minors. Okay. I think
1: there's a big difference between kids and minors, right? Like, I'm using the kids like the Palestinians use the term. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's got to be there's such a distinction between minor and child, you know, these are minors. They're under 18. They are not children. They are teenagers. The teenagers. OK, sorry. Go on. <laughs> it, it, I, I was using it incorrectly. I'm
0: sorry. So they're running around in all black with cell phones telling the locations most likely of IDF soldiers. OK, hmm. well, that's going to put IDF soldiers at risk. And then unfortunately, being that they're putting IDF soldiers at risk, they become they become a legitimate target. I hate that. But what are the parents doing allowing their kids to run around in all black in a combat zone and contribute to the the
1: fight? You know what I mean? I think some are proud. I I do think there are some who do not like it. Like, we know that they are not all the same and that everyone doesn't feel that way. We do also know that people, like, their families who get money when their kids are martyrs. And we've seen it for so many years. I have a friend, actually, who was in... A, a bombing on a bus and I believe it was in 2001 I did an interview with her on my podcast that I, I used to have a podcast and and she was one of the only survivors and I look back and I go and that family the the one who did that his fa- his family got money they got rewarded for what they did
0: so Rabbi Pilchowski who I had on my podcast for those listening it's the one last week I think um his childhood friend um was murdered by a, he lives in a settlement in the West Bank. His childhood friend was murdered by a 16-year-old, stabbed, I think, or maybe it was a suicide bomb, just running to the grocery store for his wife, running an errand. Mm-hmm. And that, that they're going to use the term child, but that 16-year-old mm-hmm. is now in an Israeli prison for life. He might get released. Hostage. Right. They call him a hostage. <laughs> I was like, what? It's crazy make a million dollars. <laughs> a million dollars in payments for rewarding him for what he did, either into a Swiss bank account or some other way. And that's four times as much as he would have made if he was a public school teacher from the same government. So yeah. I, I mean, th- it's like pay for sleigh. like it the the society is set up to work this way. How can you have peace when they reward people for killing people on the other
1: side? It's just never going to happen. And people refuse. They refuse to believe it. They refuse to believe that any of this is even true. Everything that we're talking about right now, there are people who might be listening and going, oh, they're lying. Propaganda. And it's like, but there's there's so much information out there on the Internet about every single thing that we've talked about, except for they don't care. All of that, like anyone who's listening who's like, they're lying. There are no lies being said here. No. None. Everything we've talked about is easily findable. I don't know if that's a word. Easily fi- findable on on the internet, and not just from the first page. Please, if you really care, get past the first page of Google, or use one of the other you know platforms that isn't so specific. I just find Google's easy, but it's all out there. It's all there. It's all there, and
0: and it's just crazy to me. Like, because then people will try and make a moral equivalence between the IDF and. Um, the payment terrorist programs. Like, I've seen that. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, if they work in the military, yes, they are paid, but they're not paying a bonus if they kill
1: terrorists. Now, most of the people who work in the IDF on a regular basis are not on the front lines. Yeah. The amount, the reason that so much, that the we've been making so many donations and working, having concerts and and all the things that we've been doing to raise money for Israel for different organizations, it's because um Zaka Search and Rescue went through four years worth of supplies in three days. And Hatzalah went through a year's worth of supply in a week because what they're doing and the amount of volunteers and the amount of people that had to come up, right, who were called up into the military, who were just living out all other places in the world or who were just in school in Israel or were working at a grocery store or in a hospital in Israel, and they're all gone. My nephew, who's been in Israel for the year, he's been volunteering He's been cleaning floors in hospitals because there's nobody to do it. There are people picking vegetables because the man who runs the entire farm in the South, he got called up. They ran out of everything. They ran out of socks and they need winter coats. And people think, oh, they can get all that money from the government. The U.S. government is not sending money for winter coats. No, that's not where their money is going. But when you have this many people called up and this many people who are hurt and all the different things, they need more supplies. Israel's not America. People forget That the Middle East is so different than America in terms of what they can offer. You can't just be like, okay, let's get from another state. We're going to get, you know, a whole bunch of jackets like it's it's the infrastructure is not like that in Israel. So with the amount of people that need to help, that's why we've come in and we support and, and we go on missions and we do these things that we do. My parents have been there and. And literally picked up eggs off of the ground from chickens from a this, like, small little free range. It's a really tight space for these chickens. not my favorite. But the, somebody needs to go in and pick the eggs up and then clean the eggs and then clean the chickens. Because yeah. that's something that normally their workers are doing. And they have a lot of workers that went that fled home to their, you know, countries or are surveying the IDF for whatever reason. Or went to the West Bank because there are also there were many Muslims who were working in Israel as well who fled. Um They need help in a million different ways, packing sandwiches for soldiers who have gone days sometimes with eating a protein bar. And so people just refuse to, like, think about all that because all they're thinking is this, like, big picture full of one side evil. You know, one side's the villain and one side's the victim. And and there's no anything the victim does. They have it. They're excused. Yeah. Because of the evil villain.
0: Well, that's the thing that I think is the most. okay. that's the thing I think is the most scary in America right now is that, like, I think someone tweeted this the other day, and I think it sums it up. Like, basically, you have one side that wants peace and will justify any amount of violence in order to get that peace against their oppressor. And mm. I don't know if you want to talk about that as a parent. Like, what is that like teaching your children? Like, you you can't hurt people.
1: I feel like mm. that's obvious. My parents did that. Um I don't even need to teach it. There's nothing in teach. It is so obvious. It's so obvious. What I really, truly try and teach my kids more is that victim mentality, right? When my kids turn right to blame, I like shut that down. Forget about blame. It doesn't matter where it started. How does it end, right? It doesn't matter um, who started the fight or whatever it may be, which we make mistakes as parents also. But when we're trying to figure out how to fix things, going back to who to blame doesn't actually help anyone. So with, with my kids, that's something that we really focus on a lot, is not turning to blame right away and actually just taking accountability. Take accountability or take responsibility, right? It's those two things, that's really what, what we focus on more and not just being the victim. Because that's where blame comes from, right? When you're the victim, it's everything somebody else's fault. And then you don't have to do anything about it because you're the victim. People tell me all the time, my comments stop playing the victim. I'm like, that's your mentality, not mine. Me talking about anti semitism doesn't make me a victim. It makes me someone who is being victimized, right? Like you are attacking me, but I don't. I'm not the victim just because you want me to be one. Yeah. Well, that's that's it. Call me like say I'm making myself a
0: victim too, and it's like, well, I'm not. I'm not a victim if I talk about like that. I'm upset that a video I worked hard on got taken down for bullying when I wasn't bullying anyone. Like I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm, like. So, I, I actually think it's kind of funny, the hate messages I get, because half of them are calling me Jewish slurs and I'm not Jewish. And I tell people, send me all of those, please, because I would rather me be called them than a Jewish person. So if you if these people can't get that out of their system and they need to get it out of their system some way, just call them to me because I don't care. But the other ones, they'll call me like the C word or something. And it's like... Like, it's just like funny because it's like, you guys are the peacekeepers. It's like, like this vile language. I, I think it's, I think it's like kind of funny. But like, me talking about that, I'm not saying I'm a victim. I'm kind of calling out, like, you peaceful people are calling me either Jewish slurs because you can't delineate even like why a person would support the state of Israel if they're not Jewish. And like, just any hateful language. I don't use yeah. hateful language against Palestinians or Muslims or anything like that. So, and I can vehemently disagree with like Islamism and political Islam. And like, I know what that's like. I, I live in a heavily Muslim area. I grew up in one. I know what, like, I have Muslim friends. Like, I, I don't need to call them hateful language to say like the things I disagree with. But the other side, yeah. and this can't, I guess, so
1: no they can't there's there's the hypocrisy is real i actually just shared recently a video from um, this amazing israeli black woman Mm -hmm. who was born jewish she's not a convert she's her mother was born jewish i think she was from ethiopia Mm -hmm. and she was saying like people are so angry at her because you know how could she as a black woman um uh support israel and she's like but I'm Israeli, like I'm I'm born in, I think she was actually born in Israel. She's like the color of your skin should never be the decision maker in how you feel. The same thing with religion. It should never be that if you are a certain religion, you have to feel a certain way. But I see this a lot that the same people who are obsessed with peace and love and and support everyone and let everyone into your circles and all the diversity are the same people who will tell you how you have to feel because of your diversity Yeah, because you're jewish you have to feel a certain way because you're black you have to be a certain way and she's like but here i am black ethiopian born jew zionist and you're telling me that i'm i'm not allowed to because of the color of my skin it's like people who say that anyone who supports israel is a white supremacist like this this obsession with skin color i'm sure people go well that's your privilege you can say that because you're white so i'm white today i'm jewish today like make up your minds what because the jewish people tend to be whatever they need to be in order to be hated so like that's how they choose what we are today right in the in the 40s we were a race we are not actually a race we are an ethno religion but like that's what it needed to be In order, that's what, you know, Hitler was measuring noses. And he was, literally, they were experimenting on Jewish bodies to prove race and all these different things. I mean, I saw that at Yad Vashem in Israel in the Holocaust Museum. Like, oh, my God, it makes your heart, like, makes you sick. But it's this obsession with with everyone has to feel a certain way, I think, that causes so much divide, which is very much an American thing, unfortunately. And people kind of just take that and make that a worldly thing. Yeah. So... Well,
0: my last question is kind of getting into one of my f- most interesting videos that you made recently that I really liked and I want to talk about is you were talking about you were putting up a mezuzah in your closet, I think, and then there were Christians on there saying like, oh, I put one up in s- solidarity. And I think that's really weird as a Christian mm-hmm. to you do that. And I think, can you talk a little bit about... One of the things I feel weird in my videos is I don't want to ever sound like I'm, like, I hate this word, but, like, fetishizing Judaism. Like, I think a lot of, like, especially evangelicals do that now. Not out of a bad place, but, like, it was Jesus' religion, so they want to participate in, like, maybe a Seder, too. But I think that there's kind of a line there of, like, if you're invited by a Jewish person, I think it's obviously you can go. But I think, like, doing that not the presence of Jewish people is, I'm not saying like banning outlawing anything like that. I just think like from a cultural practice, like that feels weird to me. Can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that? Like as a Jewish person?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one because I know some people who feel like it's totally fine and other people who are completely offended by it. I put myself somewhere in the middle. I'm not going to your home and ripping down on your missus if you're not Jewish. I'm not knocking on your door if I see you laying a menorah and saying you shouldn't be doing that. If people are asking me, I'm a public figure for my opinion. I think there's so many amazing ways to stand in solidarity with the Jewish people without um, doing our, our de- good deeds and our mitzvot and like the things that we're commanded to do as Jews.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially when you're of another religion, that actually rejects all of the things that we're commanded to do as Jews, right? Like, if you're a Christian, Jesus died for your sins. You don't need to be doing all the things that we believe we are we need to be doing that are part of the Torah. Like there' that's where the big separation is. So I always get a little confused when someone standing in solidarity will will take on something that's from the Torah as a commandment that they don't need to be doing, and they do it because they're standing with us. Mind you, I appreciate that they're standing with us, which is why I'm not like knocking on doors going take down that mezuzah or if somebody sends me a message, right? And shows me, I say, that is beautiful. I've had private messages from people who will, like somebody sent me, I loved it. It was a Christmas tree, like with blue and white. It was beautiful. And she's Catholic. And I was like, that's great. I shared it. I loved it. Like be inspired to, that's a really cool way to stand out because blue and white, it's colors, right? You want to put stars and dreidels on your tree. Honestly, it's, I don't care in the sense that like, I love that you're standing with us. I think it's a little weird to light a menorah or hang a mezuzah because of what it's for and its purpose. Like, I can't even imagine, like, I, if a non-Jewish person had a wedding and took on Jewish traditions like a chuppah and breaking the glass in order to stand in solidarity with us, like, I just, and that, that's the same equivalence. Like, what a mezuzah is a Jewish thing with a Jewish purpose and it's specific for us. I just think there's so many other ways to go about it. That's my feeling on it. But I also am grateful and appreciative for those people at the same time, which is why it's all very mixed and confusing. But I know some people who will like die on that hill that you cannot do any of these things and you cannot wear a star of David. And I'm like, listen, they're standing with us. Like, let's let's chill and just know that they're as long as they're not trying to convert me, because there's that trauma, right? There's thousands and years of that. Uh, As long as they're not trying to convert me or kill me because I won't convert to their religion. But stand side by side. Speaking of the converting thing, so did you follow like the
0: Candace Owens Ben Shapiro drama a few weeks ago? No, I I actually on (laughs)
1: purpose did not. Yeah. Because it was so like, I I think it's, it's only drama if you make it drama. And like, I just didn't need that extra drama in my life from other people's stuff. I think that, I've heard things from Candace that I think are amazing. I don't always agree with her. Same thing with Ben. I've met him quite a few times. She's on a cruise with him, actually, not so oh. long ago. And, and I'm on Pace Off programs with him. Like, he's a, he's a good man. Not everybody likes everything he says. I don't like everything he says. But I still agree with him a lot. And same with her. It's yeah. hard because you see people who don't support you or can do anti-Semitic things, and it's very confusing. So I just kind of... Okay, take a step back from that drama. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I to ask you about that. Part of me wonders
0: if like people do like Christians do the like participate in Jewish traditions because a lot of Christianity like Christian Christmas traditions have been kind of secularized. Like there are people who don't practice. There are even Jews that put up Christmas trees, you know, yeah. at this point and I I'm not offended by that. Um so I think maybe they see it as like, oh, we can secularize this Jewish tradition, which is I still think it's a little.
1: It's very possible, by the way. And that's something that, like, you always have to be careful of. There are people who don't like that that Target and Walmart and all these places sell Hanukkah decorations because they don't because the Hanukkah decorations are not aren't really a thing. Like they weren't a thing and they became a thing because of Christmas, the same way that the Hanukkah presents became a thing in the night because of in the like in the 20th century because of christmas Mm -hmm. so it's it's like there's that not wanting things to be so secularized because it loses a sense of of that importance in the religion but then at the same time it's connecting jewish people to the religion who otherwise are not connected there's that spirituality it's all it's all it's it's so back and forth like some people feel one way another i listen I love Gordon Marshalls and seeing Jewish representation. Mm-hmm. I personally love it. So, like, I'm on that side of things for
0: sure. OK, well, that's my last question for you, I think, because that's kind of I just I find that fa- that part of the debate fascinating. And I feel like on TikTok, it's all just like ah, free Palestine, free. Pa-, so I can't ask those questions. But thank you for answering that because
1: I'm. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And it's nice to talk about things other than. All of this craziness, too, right? Like it's it's that's why I still share, and I'm sharing with, with Hanukkah and all the different you know Jewish traditions. Like I want to make sure that even when I'm making, I talk about Israel every day, mm-hmm. and I did before this war. Like people are like, get back to your regular. I'm like, I'm I'm an Orthodox Jewish content creator, right? Who is also a Zionist and has been to Israel three times this year, like, and I'm hopefully going one more time before the end of the year. So that like all officially happen. I'll tell you more about that in the desk, um, but. This is my content. This is my life. So it, and but I also want to make sure that I'm still sharing my 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 food and my grocery shopping and that because that's still happening, no matter what else is happening in the world. Like people are offended that I'm eating. Well, people there can't eat. I'm like, okay, <laughs> wrap that one up, please. Because <laughs> like, if you're gonna starve yourself, go for it. I'm gonna make sure that I'm still being a light into the world and still bringing positivity into the world because we need that right now. So that's what I'm focusing on at the same time that I'm really making sure every day to bring up israel and make sure that it's always because it's a constant in my life Mm, totally yeah
0: well thank you so much for doing this please everyone follow i'm sure you all already do follow melinda you never know yeah but please go
1: follow her do you i know you have a book coming up do you is there anything else you want to promote so really it's you know the real melinda strauss is where i'm at everywhere Mm -hmm. um so that's like the main thing on instagram and tiktok are like my babies so that's those are the two places that's most important. I do have a cookbook coming out, but not till 2025. Oh, so what you want to do, it's called, It's hopefully it's going to be called Eat Jewish. You never know when cookbook themes change along the way. I just announced right when it happened because I'm the kind of person who literally, when I was having babies, announced them as soon as I could. So like, I'm, I can't keep things to myself, but follow me on social media because then any updates about my life, anything with my book, that's all going to be there. The real Melinda Strauss. All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much. I'll start
0: recording. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. And thank you so much to Melinda again for doing this episode. Everyone, please go follow her. If you don't already, I'm sure you already do. Um, Also, please, if you've made it this far, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate me five stars if you think I deserve it. And please uh, share with a friend if you think that they would like this. Um, But that's all for now. I will talk to you all next Thursday. Have a great rest of your week. We'll